Beyond Infinity. In Melbourne recently, there was a hailstorm. We're talking mid-January 2020. Yes. And uh, amid all this, you know, there's been smoke from massive bushfires. The whole southeastern corner of the country has been alight. Well, two weeks um, ago, I was working up to smoke in my eyes and up my nose. Um, yep. And you know, couldn't see more than, you know, half a kilometre down the road. I it was know. just so thick. Insane. Yeah. yeah. And some of the worst air quality in the world. I really feel for the people there at the front. Yeah, yeah. that's right. In, in East Gippsland and uh, southeastern New South Wales, and even further up the coast of, of New South Wales, terrible scenes. Uh, evacuations by water to get people out of places like Mallacoota, you know, the Navy coming. In. But I think for the first time in Australia's history, the Navy's had to rescue people mm. uh, and reservists have been activated. Over $700 million in insurance claims so far, that number's going to go way up. Uh, and a $2 billion fund set up by the federal government, a lot of money raised by the private sector, people all around the world being very generous and hopefully they'll continue to support recovery efforts from those massive fires. Midst of all that, massive and really damaging hailstorms in Melbourne in certain suburbs, very localised. Mm. And you could sort of watch this coming down. I was watching the radar and actually thinking to myself, gee, I wonder where I should put my car. Exactly. Which yeah. lives outside and doesn't have a carport. It missed us on the, uh, the, us the, well, on the peninsula, on the yeah. southern Mornington Peninsula, which is south of Melbourne, about 100 k south of Melbourne. But unfortunately, certain suburbs in Melbourne did get hammered. And I actually had family members who were driving in inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne. They had literally golf ball size chunks of ice coming down in fact mm. uh, one family member went outside to move a car and got it cut on the arm Ooh. by a uh, ice cube mm. coming down from the sky mm. smashed a front windshield on her car which mm. is a pretty tough thing so yeah. must have been a big block that hammered down into it accompanied by very high winds and i think she might have been driving to try to get her car under cover so you've got the combined speed of the car as well as the the speed of the uh, ice block from on high. But not only that, so so Melbourne, uh, certain suburbs were very heavily damaged, uh, very localised effects there. But just recently there's been a massive storm up in Canberra, a uh, hailstorm, and again, golf ball-sized things, blanket in Canberra. This was on Monday, so yesterday, the 20th January. of January yeah. 2020. Damage to cars, windows, buildings. A whole uh, car parks. There was almost every single car had either their back window or maybe their front window or both just smashed right in. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's like, you know, being a golf driving range and just having your car sitting out there <laughs> in the driving range yeah. and getting smashed out. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. So the insurance companies are going to be hammered by that as well. Obviously, people who've, who've had the inconvenience of, of having their car damaged. There's been hailstorms up in Sydney. Another family member was affected by uh, hailstorms up there. I think her car was declared a write-off in the mm. end, just from being pockmarked mm. and, and every panel damaged. Roofs have been damaged. Skylights. Uh, yeah, I mean, imagine yeah. car dealers. If you've got your car yard, you know, with thousands yeah. of cars sitting yeah. outdoors, huge damage there as well, potentially. One thing that drew our attention as we did, we're a science and technology show is the CSIRO, which is Australia's peak science body. Mm -hmm. It's based up in Canberra. It's a Commonwealth body. It's the Commonwealth Science Industry Research Organisation. They had 65 glass houses damaged and years of research lost. They were using those glass houses to research the growing of wheat and barley and legumes. And that's sort of improving the crop sustainability. And obviously with the glass house, it's glass. It's not overly thick necessarily, that glass. And so when you've got um, these heavy, essentially 
ice bullets coming down from the sky. They put um, you know heaps of holes, and I've seen uh, some photos of the you know the effects of this. And there's barely a panel that isn't touched or smashed in from these these hailstorms. And and what's happened is not only is the glass fallen onto these crops, mm. but the actual hail, the ice that has then hit the crops, it's just smashed them apart. And that's what's led to these. Pretty much every single one there is damaged and beyond repair, and that has led to the loss of, um, you know, it's a total loss for these projects and therefore years of research. Wow, that, I mean, it really is. It's it's terrible and it's a blow. And these were important things that were being investigated, like how to make better crops for farmers, more efficient mm-hmm. us, usage of water, hardier to deal with soil changes, mm-hmm. salinity, all this sort of stuff, which is what the CSIRO does to mm-hmm. help agribusiness in Australia and agriculture and farmers. A lot of that research has presumably been uh, destroyed, literally wiped out. I'm sure they'll start again, but now they're looking at at least another two years as a minimum before they get to back to this same point. So, you know, what we understand is that this was a, at least a two year worth of work. It's probably three years worth of work. So they're sort of starting from day one. And we talk about, you know, the effect on the built environment. Apparently there were uh, 300 flying foxes, uh, which are a protected species, killed during that same ice storm. Apparently five bin loads of grey-headed flying fox were taken from Commonwealth Park, big park in the middle of Canberra, mm. following that. So, um, you know, they, they were already apparently stressed because of the drought and, mm. and, and tight water supply. Well, that went, this Canberra uh, and, went through the, the smokiness as well. Yep. I mean, that yep. really thick blanket that was over, you know, all throughout Canberra. Yep. yep. So very sad. More crazy wild weather. I think it is underlying for a lot of people that... We need to be actually taking climate change much more seriously than, than perhaps we have been. Uh, and I think that the economic interests are going to have to be put aside out of the necessity of dealing with. And that's always been the rub, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that is the, the, the heart of the objection to responding to climate change. A lot of that has been based on economics. You know, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to wipe out mm. an export industry like coal? Mm. How am I going to power my house and my cities? You know, these are all economic decisions and economic criteria, which we're going to have to go beyond. That's, that's my feeling. I also think that part of it is that politics doesn't look through, you know, really past maybe the next election cycle. And mm. if we were to stop all uh, coal exports, if we were to turn off all coal-fired power stations, we may have no real measurable influence for at least a decade and probably two decades mm. in terms of overall emissions. Yes, they might fall slightly, but if we're looking at other methods of alternative, sustainable, renewable power generation, mm. the overall response may not be for another 20 to 30 years. Now, I think we should be doing this. That's because the horizon you have to look at. You've we got have to, to think look at what's going to happen. You've got to think about the next generation, the generation after that, grandkids, uh, great-grandkids. Unfortunately, we don't have the government's in place that uh, are looking that far in the future. Mm. They're just looking out for the immediate, say, economic influence mm. and you know jobs, jobs, mm. jobs, jobs is the uh, sort of the mantra at the moment of mm. the government. Mm. But we are in scary times because this sort of thing, whether it be extreme fires or extreme you know, hailstorms, mm. may have been a once in every now and again but now we're looking at this could be an annual event yep. um, or and multiple talk, times they're per talking about having to reschedule the australian open tennis yep. uh, championships have always been held in january they have got roofs on some of the big stadiums there i think the, the two or three big main center court stadiums they've got at uh, melbourne park where they hold that event have got roofs but all the outside courts don't and they're just sort of saying look, looking ahead if, if the trends continue it could be too hot and mm-hmm. uh, and potentially also too smoky yep. to have a tournament at that time and they're being advised by some experts to actually look seriously at, at finding a, a new slot to have that tournament held when the weather is known to be a bit better. Yeah. Trouble is, though, that it's a very full calendar. calendar. Yeah, yeah. It'd probably have to be swapped with another tournament. 
you know, Australia doesn't want to lose that event. It's a, it's a major tennis event. It's one of the big four Grand Slam tournaments in the world. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for a long time in Australia, a lot of history there, a lot of heritage. Don't want to lose it, don't want to stop doing it, but how can you do it when the climate's behaving the way it is? Yeah. So lots of lots of issues that are being highlighted by extreme weather events in recent times in Australia. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.